For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now we have a lot to be discussing today, there is so many matches to get through. Uh, part of that is because we didn't have a podcast out last week so I apologise to all of you that were waiting on it, especially because it was uh, publicised on our social media that we had Steve Staunton coming on, a uh, big name guest, but unfortunately he had to pull out, I think he got... Uh, the gig of doing the pre-match, didn't he, against Norwich yesterday? He was uh, getting interviewed there, and I don't know whether that was part of it, but it meant that he unfortunately had to pull out, which was a bit of a nightmare, but the show goes on, as they say. So today's podcast is going to be all about assessing the games that have passed, the games that have to come, and we're going to be talking a little bit, especially about the Liverpool AC Milan game, as Ammo uh, went across to that game last minute, got a flight about five minutes before it kicked off, and straight over there, and then got blocked for about two days, I think, and I didn't know nothing from. So I don't know what was going on. <laughs> well, how, how are you getting on, Ammo? Yeah, I mean, a bit of an exaggeration, Danny. A bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> not, not these days. Um, but yeah, um, there was a, a mention of a ticket, and there was a mention of potentially going over. I'm quite fitted, and it was uh, I was actually isolating, so it was me. Uh, it was the day after my last day of isolation, so it just worked out perfect. And I was working all the days out saying, "Is this right?" And just double checking and triple checking, and it just all worked out perfect in the end. And uh, well, one thing I will say, and people who listen to this podcast will know, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone knows you go to Anfield, and you don't have uh, a lot of signal, and it, but it comes and goes and dips in and out. And I'm a member of maybe five or six Liverpool groups. I'd see a half time, I could see all the messages, me getting tagged in them saying, Oh, it's ammo fault, he's at the match, it's showing this, ammo this, ammo this, ammo that. Um, two one down, and then obviously to come back and win three two, it was just sweeter because um I could just reply to all those messages in good old time. And hey, didn't get many replies to be honest with you, but that's a that's a story for another day. But yeah, no, um it was a great match. But as you say, Danny, we've got four matches to discuss in this first part of the pod, which is um a back pod. And it's awful, it's awful that, you know, 
we couldn't get the interview with Steve, but hopefully it'll be one for the future. Um, and these things happen in show businesses, they don't do that. These things happen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes, sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them, and that's the way it goes. But hopefully we'll be able to get many other guests on throughout the season, as we have done in previous seasons. So uh, we'll see what comes. But as you said, it's worth dipping in because we've got a load of big games to be able to talk about here. And I want to be able to dive into this Milan game to hear about what it was like uh, and the atmosphere and all the rest of it. But before that, we've got two other games to be talking about. Two very different Liverpool teams, uh, two very different lineups, but yet two very similar results in, in getting three nils there. Liverpool currently sitting top of the league uh, alongside Chelsea in same points. Um, I think one of the things that's been discussed quite a lot about Liverpool this season is the fact that we seem to have a depth that we haven't had in previous seasons that have been able to change the team so much, but yet still get the same type of results. We always said about Arsenal years ago and the fact that Arsenal could have put out any team like and brought their under-18s in. They'd have played the exact same way. They'd have played the exact same system and done the same job. Liverpool seemed to be a lot like that this season. What did you make of the, the two games? The Crystal Palace game first, uh, and obviously the big talking point in that was uh, Harvey Elliott and what happened with him. And then um, we've got the, the Leeds game. What have I got that the other way around? <laughs> Yeah, wrong way around. It was Leeds and then Crystal Palace and Elliot done himself funders uh was uncle at Crystal Palace uh, Leeds, sorry. Um yeah, obviously the big, big, big um big talking point of those two games, standing off the doubt is uh, Harvey Elliott. Um he came into team we discussed him, didn't we? Uh, and uh, you kind of said that you think he'll be coming in and out and um getting experience, which I thought a lot of people didn't, you know, no one could really argue what you thought there. You could understand why. Definitely good enough, you know, if he's, he's old enough, if he's good enough, he's old enough. And I just thought he, he might have a bit more to play in this season, um, a bit more of a part to play as such. And Jesus, was I right? I, um, he, he's been probably up until that played or back play of the season. Yeah. Um, and he was playing, he wasn't He wasn't in to get experience. He was there playing because he was. He wanted the place. And it was gushing for the young fella. Um, but the performances, I mean, you know, Mane, Jota and Salah, was it the goal scored in the Leeds game? And I think in the, in the Palace game, was it Salah? Um, goal scores, I forget the top of my tongue now, but it, they were just two professional performers and two teams that could have easily given us, you know, a scare or got a result against us. And they were the type of games last season that we weren't winning. Um, and I think even see that, you know, obviously one, home, one was home, one was away. Even like looking at those games and listening to the fans home more away. Liverpool fans make such a difference. They really, really do. Um, and you say the squad, the squad's got depth now. I as, but no, it hasn't as well. But like, if you look at Robbo being injured at the beginning of the season, Timiskas coming in, he's done good, solid job. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly at the weekend there against Palace. Um, and I don't think people are going to be like, right, right, okay, oh no, Timiskas is in. No, remember Moreno used to come in and you'd have your heart in your head and you'd be like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> you know. But to miss Castle coming down, he's you know, he's not the finished product, he's not, but you know, he's learning and he, he's got experience now. And uh, you know, you look at players coming and doing jobs, um, so every player that come in those two games certainly did jobs, you know, whether it was Thiago making a wee cameo, Henderson doing the job and coming off after those you know, 70 minutes to get a breather, even Milner coming in to waste time. Mm. Um, it's you know, and the defenders, you know, obviously a debut for Canate as well. Thought he was brilliant against Palace. Um, and Leeds, going back to Leeds as well, they're, they're that type of team that, you know, they just say, come on us and we'll go, you come on us and we'll go, you come on us and we'll go, you. 
and Liverpool up front are ultimately better. And Salah has been unbelievable in the last three or four games. Um, he's just the most... People say about Mo Salah, you know, getting to 100 Premier League goals and, and stuff like that. And obviously Manny did as well. Um, but I, I think I think John Alder said in an interview a couple, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, um, Salah won't be appreciated until he's gone. And I think we, we look at Suarez, we love them. We look at Torres, we love them. Um, Michael Owen doesn't get the credit I don't think he deserves because of what he did. But you look back at those players and go, wow, they were amazing. But at the time, you don't really appreciate it. And I think that's, what, that's what's happened with Mo Salah. Yeah. I think he is single-handedly at times dragging Liverpool through these um, these games that you could go either way. And it's normally a bit of magic from him or a finish out of nowhere from him. That is the difference. Um, obviously, Jota and Mane and lots of other quality in, in Liverpool ranks, but I think Salah's been the difference. And it's just let's let's hope it continues. And when he goes to the African Nations Cup in January, I'll be good today. Yeah, that's the thing, is that losing them is going to be massive. And you see those two games that you're talking about there, the, the Leeds and the Crystal Palace game, like they're just constantly putting out results. And that's the thing, is that like Salah is very, for me, yeah, he kind of flies under the radar. We, we've got all this talk about Ronaldo and the Kaku, and, and that's what the focus is on. You you watch Match of the Day, you listen to Five Live, that's, that's all it's going on about every week is, is look at Ronaldo and he's scoring goals and Lukaku's getting in there and he's he's transformed that Chelsea team and the strength and depth that they've got and, and City with the with the depth of squad that they've got. Where Liverpool, as as you said before, like they haven't got the depth that you think of when you're thinking of Chelsea and Man City, the the big names that they've got sitting on the bench ready to come off. Um but Liverpool have got depth in terms of the quality of players we've got in different positions. That as you said, you come up against Crystal Palace, which are like very much a, a more passing team, uh, trying to play a good style of football and strong at the back. And you want them to be able to create. You need a little bit more flair in those types of games. So you have the likes of Harvey Elliott playing, you have the likes of Thiago playing, um, and and they all chip in and they all get like as you said, you got Salah and uh, Mane scored both games. Uh, and then you've got Fabino, you've got Keita, who are chipping in with goals in each of those games as well. You've got that flair that we're able to use, and then you've got Leeds, the next game. Proper old-school British team that's like just smashes through you and hard tackling. And you know that you can bring on. You've got the likes of Fabino, you've got the likes of Jordan Henderson that you can put into the midfield, uh, even Curtis Jones. So they're more bigger, stronger players that are prepared to have that physical battle in the middle of the park. And we've got that depth that we never had previously. We had a start in 11, and as you said, players that come off the bench and your heart will be in your mouth going, like, what are they going to do? Where for me, we've got players that are just solid. They're, yes, they're not massive name players. Timiscus is never going to be going up there in team of the season, but he comes on and he does a good job. Canate coming on two clean sheets in his games. We're going to go on to the uh, Norwich game in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, clean sheets in his first two games. Nice, solid performance. And that's what we've got. We've got a good depth and a team that can come out and can do a job, which, which is good. Not to mention uh, Naby Keita's goal as well. Oh my God. <laughs> what a goal. What a goal. What a strike. We've all, um, we, we often talk on this podcast, don't we, about our... Um, exploits or ventures in amateur football and um, you know Liverpool fans are not we're big football fans Danny mm. and we've all been there and we've all tried to hit a ball with our wrong foot and uh, 
999 times versus a thousand, it, it doesn't it doesn't come off like that. And uh, and that'd be great they did it. And it's just uh, you know, I'm gonna do the look, it's just just a, <laughs> a look and it was just like, oh man, you know, you're killing me, like amazing. And uh it's good to see because when Kaiser comes to Liverpool, he's almost like a forgotten man. Because what he does, you come into Liverpool, he had three or four good appearances, and you're like, Oh, this man is you know, this man's got it, he's a baller. Um, it's like this fail over here. Then he does two or three good appearances. Then he get, gets injured. Then he, in his injury, he has an injury setback. And he get, it goes on longer. Mm. Then he comes back and you're like, oh, well, he needs a few games to get in the rhythm. And then, you know, the quality he's trying to compete against is just not happening. And it takes him three or four games to get into it. Or takes him a couple of months to get three or four starts in a row. And then he shots his shoulder as a baller. And then he gets injured. And then he gets injured and he has an injury setback. And then he has a two or three months to get back into it. And then comes in and he shows that he's a baller. And then he gets injured. And it's just, it's a cycle that you just don't like to see. But it's in there. It's 100% in there without a shot. Like we didn't pay all this money and have all this you know, the speculation, the reputation coming in if he wasn't a baller. Um, and he's still young enough. Um, so I hope it comes good from the pool. You know, there's been so many players like him in the past. I look at Sachin in the past. I look at... Um, you know, there's been other players. I'm trying to, Harry Keel comes to mind as well. Players that you come in and have got bags and bags and bags of ability and everything should work for them. But it just doesn't for whatever reason. Injuries at the wrong time, doesn't perform in the right game. But seeing the last couple of weeks, you know, he's been brilliant. And I, I mean, let me ask you a thought on Navigator, Danny. Where do you see him in this team? You know, that one album's gone. There's no reason to suggest for me that he can't be a starter every week. Yeah, and I think, to be fair, the ability level that he's at, he should be pushing for that. He's been there long enough now. He's adapted into the, the culture of English football. Like, There's no reason why he shouldn't be pushing to be starting every game. Obviously, he's got he's got a difficult task ahead of him. For, for me, our starting midfield should be um, Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago. For me, they are the ones that you've got to beat to get into that position. I think Harvey Elliott has really shown... That once he comes back off injury, he's going to push for those positions. Um, I think Curtis Jones is sitting there as well. But for me, I think Keita has has got the edge on them, and he needs to show that this season. As you said, he's been sort of set back with injuries, and we understand the problems of that. As you said, we've had enough of them over the years. We've got Oxley Chamberlain sitting there doing the exact same thing now. We had Lallana before that, uh, as you said, Harry Kuehl before that. There's so many you can think of. Um, going back all the way to Sissoko back in 2004-2005 and all these different boys that we had that, yeah, just haven't shown the potential. <laughs> Do you remember Momo Sissoko? What a legend. Um, I met him in a McDonald's, but that's another story. Um, and it was, it was random. I'm going to tell you that as well. I might as well tell you now that I brought it up. It was the... We played Arsenal at home and um, that night before, actually, weirdly enough, I was driving down by the Albert Dock and... We, we were just driving down the Albert Dock, and as you do when you're, what, 19, 18, 19 years old, just shouting at people out the window, as you do, getting them to let on, Friday night, out, out and about, and there was a guy, and we were like, that guy looks like Arsene Wenger, and we like shouted to him, we were like, hey, Arsene Wenger, and he turned around, it was Arsene Wenger, and he was just walking down the Albert Dock on his own, his, his team were in the hotel there at the dock, and he'd just gone for a walk on his own, in his big trench coat like he always wore, uh, so we all went mental, and we shouting to Arsene Wenger. But then, anyway, we played Arsenal that day. And then that night, we went to McDonald's down the Albert Dock again. Been out um, at a youth thing that I was at. Uh, went to the McDonald's afterwards. And he was sitting there with three Big Macs, just 
going to town on them, him and his mates in this big Q7 that are parked outside. And we were like, ah, oh, him and all of his mates there. Until we realised, because you obviously were watching them because it was Momo Sissoko, that all three Big Macs were for him. And he was just going to town on these Big Macs <laughs> after the match. Um, so, yeah, we all got a picture with him and all. But anyway, you, you think of players like that, and, and as we said, all the other ones that were mentioned as well, and they never quite lived up to that potential. Naby Keita's got to prove this season that he's worth his salt. And hopefully he's not going to get injured. And if he doesn't, I, I think he can push for that starting position. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Momo's a show coming McDonald's eating his Big Macs. So yeah, Naby Keita can do the job. Play from one to the other. There we go, Daddy. We are just blocking our way through this. It's we should maybe do an episode on um, on people meeting footballers and some stories. Hey, that, that would be one for the future, I think. Um, then obviously we need to discuss knowledge something before we go into Milan. Um, professional performance. Shout out to Conor Bradley. Um, from Castle Dig, um, making his debut for Liverpool. Proud, mm. proud moment for that wee town there. That's probably only about seven, eight minutes away from where I live um, in Strabant. So a lot of people are proud of him making his debut. Um, we won't mention the penalty, but apart from that, it was brilliant. Um, and then Cade Gordon coming on um, up front, played brilliant for a 16 year old, looked mm. well in place. Then Tyler Morton coming on half time again. Um, for an Abbey Kaiser, actually, so it was a uh, shout out to those young, young boys' professional performance. Um, and yeah, I think it was just a good game all around. Good to see Minamino get minutes and Arigi get minutes. And um, we'll, we'll come into Arigi in the, the Milan match, but um, yeah, I mean, professional performance. What can you say? They were good, and that's the thing is that this is what we said at, obviously at the start of the podcast is that we've got players that are coming on and doing a job. Like, obviously, we can go back and we, I think you could do an entire podcast on the way James Milner played against Leeds uh, and the fact that he came in at right back and put an absolute shift in. Um, but you've got these boys coming in, uh, the likes of Minamino, the likes of Origi coming into the squad this season and actually performing, which it, which is great. That, that you're sort of watching them going, do you know what? They could do a job, no bother. That, that when Salah, Mane, different boys like that go off to the African Cup of Nations in January, yes, we're not going to be as strong. Yes, it's not going to be an easy run of games. But I think this season I'm a lot more hopeful that the likes of Minamino, the likes of Origi, the likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain will at least be able to pull us through some of these games and at least get us some sort of results. And especially with midfield scoring as well, uh, hopefully that's going to help us a little bit. Yeah, I mean... What can you say about the Oxley and Chamberlain? Like, again, like Kaita, it's there, isn't it? He's a baller. He really is. And, and I think about Oxley and Chamberlain, he's a bit different. I think I like Oxley and Chamberlain. He, he can carry the ball. He can beat a man or two. He's still got that pace. Um, he's got bags of experience. You know, he's, he's won everything. He's played at every level. Um, he's a boy that he should really be able to depend on. But it's just injuries again. But you see, you see him last night, you know, you look and you, you look at someone like Oxley and Chamberlain, you think he should be a boy that should be getting rested against Norwich in the League Cup. Not being the main man, mm. you know, that's how good he is. Um, and as for Rigi, um, I don't know. Well, uh, all I can say, everyone listens to this podcast, I don't care what anyone's listening thinks. Football without Rigi is nothing. <laughs> that's all I'm going to tell you. Rigi is just the, the man. How many comebacks does the man need? He's, what, he's, like, he's like Batman, isn't he? Just, <laughs> come <laughs> It's just like I know it's not it, but like the week before, a few days before, he was doing against AC Milan. Like, come on, you know, you know think chip thinks through, through the most hours to score, you know, under pressure in the Champions League against AC Milan. 
and then uh, you know the header against Norwich. I don't care who you're playing, um, who who puts the ball in what their position. That header there, you know, that's, that's a brilliant header, mm. brilliant, brilliant header. And uh, as Klopp said, it, it, it again, he's not a Liverpool football club, and he hasn't scored in a goal a goal in the Champions League final, two goals in Champions League semi final. Hasn't done all these things for Liverpool football club without having buckets buckets of talent. But you sit there all day and he's just, it's just consistency, isn't it? It's yeah. just two it's, good games, five bad games. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard one because he is always going to struggle for opportunities when we've got the likes of Salah and Mane and Jota and Firmino that he's having to come up against. He is, he's a good level footballer, but he's, he's just not going to get in their positions at the minute. So he is going to struggle to get consistent 90 minutes. And But but I would put him up there, and I'm going to say, and people might think it's controversial, or whatever, but I would, I would put him up there on the same level, the likes of Tammy Abraham and boys like that. Like, I, I think he is he is at that level. He just needs opportunities and chances. And for me, if I was Origi, I would be looking towards that January when Salah and Mane aren't going to be there. And I would be thinking to myself, this is where I need to prove my worth and, and prove myself as a player. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. Like, and as you said, it's just going to be interesting to see how these players develop, these players that really need to be showing themselves this season. I'm going to put it out there just before we move on to the AC Milan game. I think that Oxlade-Chamberlain is trying too hard. The last couple of games, I've watched him play. He loses the ball really easily. He's over-touching it. He's, he's fallen over a lot. And I think it's just because he's so determined that he wants to get back in that team that he's trying too hard. Now, what, what do you reckon? Hey, you hit the nail on the head. Very rarely do I say you're spot on, Manny, but you are absolutely spot on. As I say, he's proven he's at the age where he's young enough, but he's not too old. He's got the experience. He's won everything. He's scored big goals and big nights. He's performed against big teams. He's played for England in World Cups. You know, Oxley chamberlain he's just everything you want in a player, apart from the injuries. And that was the thing with Arsenal. Mm. He'd have a season with Arsenal, then he'd only play half a season next season. Then he'd have a season, play half a season. He'd get in the England team. And then you wouldn't see him playing the England team for two years. You know, it's just, and he, he knows that, like, with, with the greatest respect to someone like Everton or, I don't know, uh, an Aston Villa, he knows that, like, if he doesn't make it at Liverpool, that's his level. He, he's going to drop down for, like, an Everton or an Aston Villa. And, he, you know, he might be a star man at an Everton or an Aston Villa, but, you know, does he want to maybe play Europa League once every four seasons? Or does he want to be competing for the league in the Champions League and being in the team at Liverpool? And that's the choice you're going to make at 28, 29. You know, you've got three or four years at the top. Do you want to be at the top at Liverpool or do you want to be at a mid-table Premier League club? So getting half the wages, getting probably more game time if you fit, but you're only really competing for mid-table. Mm. And, 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 and that's, it, it's harsh on players like that, but that's what separates the, the cream from the rest of that. You've got to perform. And yeah, he's trying too hard, but I think, like with, the, with Elliot get it, getting injured, and, and it's awful to say this, but the likes of Kaita and Chamberlain need to kind of, you know, if you've got an 18-year-old lad getting in the team before you, and you, you know, get the experience of Kaita and Chamberlain, you know, these boys need to realise like, they're a huge football club. And that's the one area where we have lots of competition in that kind of attack and midfield area where they can play up front, they can play in, in the midfield. There's plenty of competition. That's why I think one Alden going, although he's a bit more of a different type of player, but Fabinho and Thiago and Henderson, they can do all three jobs. It, it's kind of like, Someone like Chamberlain has an opportunity. Same with Kaita. And uh, the different types of players, but they're playing in the same type of position. And 
you know, to make it to make a big season for Kaita and for Timber, those boys have maybe Fan Hawkers he's been told to, maybe he's maybe maybe Klopp saying, Listen, you've got to prove yourself here. Mm. Um he'd come on against AC Milan for, for 10 minutes at the end, and yeah, you like to give them all away about four times. He only touched it on five. Yeah. So yeah. It's a hard one, and but I think Klopp's put a lot of faith in them. There's been a lot of talk over the summer in the fact that Wijnaldum's gone and we need to replace Wijnaldum. And I think Klopp hasn't done it because he's turning round to to these boys, to to Uri, not to Uri, sorry, but to Oxley Chamberlain, to even Milner in his last season and things like that, uh, Harvey Elliott and all these different boys that are there, Curtis Jones, and he's saying to them, "I'm not bringing Wijnald- I'm not bringing a replacement in for Wijnaldum because this is your season to step up." And I, and I think that's what he's he's put a lot of faith in these boys, and they need to repay him. Um, so hopefully we'll see that in the months to come. Now, as we said, we're through to the last sixteen. Good performance against Norwich. We've had two three nils on the bounce against Crystal Palace and Leeds. We're sitting top of the league. But the one thing that we really look to as Liverpool fans is the Champions League, and there was no better start to the Champions League group stages than Liverpool AC Milan. Never met outside of a final before. Uh, so first time in, the, in a group stage that we've ever played AC Milan. AC Milan depleted team to what they used to be, obviously with the team that they used to have, but still quality players and a very fiery match. Like it was such a good game to watch. So what was it like to actually be at that game with Champions League under the lights, the atmosphere of Anfield? Like how do you find it? Well, yeah, I mean, I uh, I bagged myself hospitality because Stanley don't know how I did. And um, I've got in about 20 minutes before kickoff, which is late for me. I'm, I'm a boy that likes watching the build-up and the warm-up and all, but just walked in and I was like, wow, decent enough seats and just the atmosphere, you know. When the Champions League music was played, you couldn't even hear it because just the atmosphere. Of, um, there is nothing. Now, I want this to be on my gravestone. There is nothing like a European night under the lights at Anfield. Nothing. Mm. Nothing comes close to it. I don't care how big the matches in the in the Premier League. Don't care how big you know. And I say European night. I'll rephrase that. I've been to local league games on the lights at Anfield. Nah, now the Dortmund games gets mentioned I because it was Klopp's former team and it was the latter stages. And I maybe you know United and years gone by, but no, nothing beats a European Cup night under the lights at Anfield. Nothing. And when you're playing the pedigree of AC Milan, but it was like thirteen or fourteen Champions League between us. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, and yet, you say they're depleted, you know, but they've still got some big name players. Giroud, Flatan bottled it, you know, Flatan <laughs> on the bottle. Um, but yeah, what can I say? What what can I say or what can you say in the next five, ten minutes about that AC Milan game that no one witnessed? It was literally right, okay, we started off, we went one nil up, Arnold got a bit of luck, but you make your own luck. All right, what a penalty. Salah should have scored. Okay, yeah. You, you, you probably good save, but poor pen at the same time. Mm. Could have got three, three, four up. And then it was five minutes of madness where they went two on up. And you're just sitting there and you're going, oh no, here we go. You know, because you say at the, an AC Milan at a time come back, they're still blessed with quality all the way through. Mm. You know, they're still they're in the Champions League. You have to, you know, that Italian league, you know, isn't what it wants to be. It used to be, sorry. Um, there's still boys in that team that can, you know, do a job. Perisic come to mind. There's a few other boys. Rabbit is it? I can't remember all these names, but they were they were good performers and they didn't have a lot of the ball. But when they did have the ball, they certainly knew what to do with it. And um, if you're going in two one down a half time, you know, 
getting beat against Ace Milan at half-time isn't really an issue for the Pulisic, to be honest with you. And I knew that. You knew that. And everyone else knew that. But um, what can I say? Upstep the Vicar League with a piece of absolute magic. Danny, come on. What about the pass to Salah? What about that for a ball? Like, to have the audacity. That you, if, if you've seen that goal and you didn't know the players, Origi would be the last player in the pitch that you said made that ball, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, to scoop it as well. Like, players around, three men on him. And for him to just scoop it over the top there to Salah as if, as if they're doing a little bit of a training ground uh, drill was just unreal. Like, he's got... He's got some level, like I'd love to say, oh, he's got some level of confidence, Rigi. He's he's a cocky scumbag to be able to do something like that. Like, because you're you're looking at him, going, surely you know that you're a Rigi. You're you're not Mane. You're not Jota. You're not Ronaldo. You're you're a Rigi, and you're doing stuff like that. What are you doing? But he just he loves the big games, doesn't he? Like, so it's really shows up. Well, that's it. Then and it was just you, just like wow. There's got to be, there has to be something in the atmosphere of that football stadium, Liverpool fans or not, that feeds that ball into net because that you know the keeper should have come and catch it dead easy as well. But this mm. is the thing. So Salah missed the penalty, his head could have went down. Um, but we, as I say, scored straight back after half time, and then you kind of just knew then, didn't you? You, you know, you kind of just knew it didn't matter who it was going to be that we were going to come back and win it. You know, you just kind of knew, mm. and um. The football to drop on the edge there again, Henderson. The same footballers that the average Joe, like me and you, can look at and go, I, I respect that man. I really respect him as a man, although you don't know him that well. And you, you know, you respect that he's getting the most out of his ability. And Jordan Henderson, I think, again, like Salah, when he goes, he'll be appreciated more because what he's done for Liverpool Football Club is just unbelievable. And as I say, He's not the Gerard. He's not. He's not. But that was a Gerard moment, wasn't it? Oh yeah. But for Henderson, a captain moment, you know. And we, we're in a group of death. We've discussed it. You know, the games that we've got come up with, it's, it's awful. So that against, you know, you win your home games and you, and you try and draw your away games, and that gets you through. And that goal from Henderson was just there's something from the gods, something to do at Anfield, something to do with the football club in that competition that no analysis, no chatting that me and you can do can explain it. It's just mm. something there and it's always going to be there. And yet we pushed, yet we made changes, yet we you know we can make five changes in Champions League. Yet AC Milan probably aren't the team we were going to be, but they were winning 2 1. And our heads could have went, but we come back and won 3 2. And as I say, what can you say? Um, it's not even the greatest comeback against AC Milan. You know, this is the thing. <laughs> this is it's Liverpool football club in the Champions League. We're talking about the Anna. And we're laughing here, Danny. We're doing a podcast, but maybe if you could just look at each other for 10 seconds and smile. Because we know people listen. People listen to this podcast on you know willy nilly Liverpool fans. These are big, big. These are all big passionate Liverpool fans. Whether you listen to us on sports radio, media radio, or you listen to us on Saban Radio Online or Spotify or wherever you are in the world right now, if you all listen to this podcast, we're not a willy nilly kind of half-assed football fan. You're a massive Liverpool fan, and I don't think I need to explain to anyone what being on the right hand field is like on a European night against someone like AC Milan. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter the team you put out there, either team, there's just something special about it. And I haven't been to a Champions League match in 10 years, nearly. And, um, yeah, and I, all I can say was it'll never be forgotten. 
know, it might, it might sound dramatic, but wow, and um, just wow, just mm-hmm. wow. There's just a there's just a level of magic at Anfield, and it just it brings it puts players into a gear that they that they never knew they had. I'm sure Henderson sitting back watching the highlights of that game, going, "There's never in a million Sundays he'll be able to hit a strike like that again." On the bounce to drill it as hard as he did into the bottom bin. There's just something about a Champions League night at Anfield that just brings just a level out of players that the that they never knew that they had, that we never knew that they had. And do you think that's maybe the problem? Is that we go to our normal weekend fixtures and we'll maybe be playing a game like Man City away, going to the Etihad where there's twenty fans and a guide dog, and it's just it's not a big enough game for a Rigi anymore. <laughs> do you think it's only the big games like that he can turn up for? Do you think that's his problem? Is that we'll look back on a Rigi and go, <laughs> think, Brighton at home was too big, too small a game for? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rest you for the big big game. Divock, you know what I mean? Nah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to patch Divock up for the next 20 games just to, to, to make him turn up again, you know, in, in the Champions League semis. You know? <laughs> don't know, do you? I mean, uh, I don't know. But what I will say is on the terrace, on the stands, he's appreciated, you know. Mm. You know, people there. He, he, there was a couple, I don't know if he, if, he, if he gets the justice on the TV, but there was a couple of times where he really worked hard to get the ball back. Uh, it was, I don't know if you remember the tussle. He was, he was tussling. He run from probably halfway through, of the first half. <laughs> halfway through the first half to probably near the corner flag. And he tussled past the 18 man players and he got a free kick. And um, that was right in front of me there. And you just like, typically, just stop it. <laughs> but that has got to have something to do with the, the stadium and, and the atmosphere and the champions and everything. It's like possessed. It's like that Henderson goal. We've seen him score spectacular goals in the past and stuff, but as you say, he's not going to hit us. You know, he, out of a hundred sites, would he hit? Would he even hit five in McLean? Yeah. Do you know when you're looking at it like that, and it's just there you go. It's just just something special that we don't need to talk about. And all I would say is, if you've never been to if you've never been to a Liverpool game, and you listen to this podcast, seriously, get over wherever you wherever you live in the world, you won't regret it. But if you're going to go to a game, go to a Champions League game. Because um, they are special, and as I say, it's that's history there. You know, seeing the public Milan first time in a knockout, in a group game, as you say, it was history there. And I think we, we haven't even mentioned that. I think Salah become Liverpool's all time or joint top goal scorer in, in, in the Champions League along with Gerard. We haven't even mentioned it, have we? Mm. You know, it's just. But there you go. What can I say? Except for it was great to be there. It was last minute. Um, any of my friends that listen to this know what I'm a bit like. I'm very spontaneous with things like this sometimes. And uh, we were texting away with Danny, you know. And, uh, you know, instead of getting our enjoy yourself, fella, I got a text off Danny. On the, I was just about to take off. Oh, you think you would have invited me and got me to <laughs> 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 that, that, that's, that's the text you got. Like, but I, we've all been there, haven't we? You're just like, oh, sit me. I don't know about you, Danny, but when you, when you live in Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, depending on who's here. When you see your friends going to match every week and you see them putting pictures up and videos and stuff like that and you watch it on TV and it looks like a class game when you're sitting there, there's a little party that's like, oh, I wish I was there. But I can say, if we were in the Champions League this season now, you know, I was there to play at the start of it. So, there mm. you go. No, exactly. And yeah, as you said, especially when you're living over here, we do appreciate and I suppose that was part of the reason of making this podcast, wasn't it? To help people to to understand the link between the passion of the fans over here 
But yet the fact that they, they can't necessarily get to games. When I was in the pool, I was going to 10, 15 games a season, Champions League games and Premier League games and Cup games and all the rest of it. And it doesn't make me any less passionate because I live over here. But it but it's just it's it's on it's not attainable that you're able to always get to games, but that doesn't make you less of a fan. Um but yeah, there's there's so much that we could say about that game and what was going on. We could go in and talk about the ins and outs of it. For me, Trent didn't have the best game. He'd done well at the start, but I feel that the two goals were maybe his fault. But we're not professional analysts and I think it's worth just focusing on the magic of that game as opposed to going into the ins and outs of it, especially with you being there, like. Yeah, well, we come back from half-time against AC Milan, and, um, you know, they say it doesn't happen that often, but it's happened twice in our lifetime, hasn't it? <laughs> but uh, there you go, yeah. So, but do you know what? On, on a um, kind of professional note for Liverpool Football Club, it was a victory in the first game, which is needed, because, you know, even a draw, you know, you know it's a tight group to get out of, isn't it? So, mm. yeah. We, you, take, you take the free 2 victory before the game, and, uh, you know, people... <laughs> People, someone said to me, oh, outside the stadium, oh, I'm old. We never do it. We never do it the easy way, do we? And I was like, no, we don't. We do it the Liverpool way. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's it. There you go. And that's what makes us so entertaining to watch. Now, obviously, we needed those three points because coming up this week is Porto. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, but then we're going to come back. We're going to discuss the Brentford game that's going to come up. Uh, and we're also going to discuss the Porto match and uh, how valuable three points would be in that game as well. So until then, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, we fitted an awful lot into that podcast. It was four games and a trip to Anfield for myself. Um, and we haven't even mentioned fantasy football, which we'll come on to next week. Oh, we're um, definitely coming on to that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> We've got about just, just shy of 10 minutes here to discuss the, the Brentford game coming to the weekend and then Porto next week. Um, Brentford, Danny, so... You know, I don't know a lot about Brentford, but they won in the League Cup there. They've been getting decent enough results. They beat Arsenal for first game of the season. And I know your man up front, Luca Tony, he's been in Liverpool as a handful. Um, how do you see this game going? Um, it's it's a game that you really should be winning on paper, really shouldn't you? But these are the games that, you know, we've famously struggled in last season. Yeah, like, as you said, you normally think of Brentford, they've only just come up and you're thinking, oh yeah, it should be a winnable game. But as you said, they beat Arsenal, they beat Wolves there 2-0 as well at the weekend. They've generally had a good run of games so far. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be difficult. I think they've got a solid enough back line. I think they've been uh, a decent enough team. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how we get on. They're just a typical... Sort of old school Premier League team is that they're prepared to come out and they're prepared to fight and they, they they've got ballers all over the park in terms of the physicality of what they're prepared to do and they're just old school they play it down the wing they whip it in and they're prepared to fight it in the box so I think regardless of whether we've got Trent and Robbo and, and whatever else if, if Trent's like feeling okay again after after the midweek um. I think it's going to be all about the centre-backs, whether we play Matty, whether we play Canate. Uh, I think Van Dijk is definitely going to start. Um, but I think it's going to be all about that physical battle in the box because I think that's what Brentford are looking for is to come and test us there. Like. 
Well, they've won two, they've drew two, and they've lost one. Um, and it's away from home, and it's a Saturday night fixture. Yeah. I always find that maybe this is me about going to the bar occasionally watching the Saturday night fixtures and stuff. He's always seems to be a bit more intensely on the Saturday night fixtures because you know everyone's watched all the football during the day, and you know there's people waiting on the accumulators on the evening game, and you know everyone's just going to be a Renfrew fan, aren't they? You know every every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and every Tom, Dick, and Harry's cat on Saturday night are going to be supporting Renfrew. So it's that type of game where they score, you, you can almost like the atmosphere almost goes you know through the through the air into the stadium and. The fans are going to be because that's, that's basically that's why they're not in the Premier League. They want to put play the likes of Liverpool at home. So, you know, you too much shade teams during the week. So, hopefully, back to full strength and hopefully, comfortable victory. Um, hopefully, Trent is um, back fit and firing. I think what Klopp done with Robbo last couple of games has been quite clever, just giving them half an hour against Norwich. Uh, to show that it's part of the it's obviously part of the fans, it's Andy Robbo, but you know. Because to miss to miss play the weekend, he could have threw Robert win against Norwich, but he didn't to give to miss a bit of a, you know, the probably the boost that I needed. But through Rob wanted to listen, still needed to be fit. You know, we all remain man, so hopefully full strength team. And uh, I just see a goal from Mo Salah. I can just I'm predicting it. You know, don't, I'm not going to give a prediction of a score, but I'm just going to say Mo Salah's going to get a goal or a couple. I think he's just goal greedy at the moment, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think we should win the game comfortably. To be honest. Mm. Yeah, I think Salah and Mane are both scoring regularly at the minute. And I think the thing that will help them attacking is the fact that they're both physical players. I think you look at you look at Brentford, you look at the games that have played up to now, that they've won against Arsenal, who are a who are a passing team, who are more of a like trying to work the ball through the lines. Um the one against Wolves as well, against again, Wolves are becoming the type of team that they try and break you down, break through those lines. They've only really got Traore who will actually run at men. Everyone else is all about trying to get that ball over the top or trying to get the ball through the lines. Brentford can deal with that. Teams they've struggled against is the likes of your, your Aston Village, your Crystal Palace. They lost to Brighton. Physical teams that are prepared to take long-distance shots, that are prepared to battle them in the box and prepared to really give it a go. And Liverpool have to become that team at the weekend. Is that, yes, we, we know we can play good, fast, intricate football, but the likes of Salah and Mane and, and Jota, if he starts, um, they have to be physical and they have to be prepared to take long shots. They have to be prepared to battle in that box. Um, and if we can do that, I think we can win it, no problem. Well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? And as I say, it, it, it's, yeah, I don't think these are debates who's got a better quality, but we've got to want it more. And that's, that's a lot to do with it. And mark my word, Stanley, mark my word, dear Luca Tony will be a, be a, uh, am I getting his name right, Luca Tony? The wee boy up front. Uh, this is where I should put my research in, but it's the wee boy up front. He's, he's the top goal scorer in the championship last season. Um, he's a handful, and I've seen him in a couple of games now, and he'll be he'll be hard work for Van Dijk and Co. But tell me this: um, what is your score prediction before we go to Porto game? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, your boy Ivan Tony, Luca Tony, used to play for the Italian team back in the. Was he like? Yeah, was he Italian or was he a German Tony. national back in the day? Um, but yeah, no, as you said, he's a good player and a physical. I'm gonna go, I think, away from home. I'm gonna say 2 1. I'm gonna say that we win it 2 1. I think it will be tight. I think Liverpool will struggle with the physicality that Brentford are gonna have. Plus, as you said, it's at home for them. This is gonna be like their cup final coming up against a big team like Liverpool. Um, I think we've got enough to win it, but I think it will be tight. So I'm going 2 1. 
couldn't have said well there you go I'll, uh, I'll say it won't be far from that myself and yeah um, Google's a great thing isn't it Danny when you get a chance to do it um, but there you go <laughs> <laughs> um, right <laughs> so yeah uh, Ivan Thone he's a handful but anyway right <laughs> uh, just goes to show guys that we literally are just off the cuff and we do just chat don't we Danny we don't um, we don't like to be too kind of no strict with how we do this. We, we we are just two boys chatting a load of bubbles, but um, <laughs> yeah, and we get away with. It. By the way, you know our, our partners um, don't listen to this, and they uh, I pass this off as work. I believe it or not, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Porto Porto on Tuesday. Um, again, it's one of those games, isn't it? Where Porto in, in the past have had a lot of their uh, a lot of good results against Liverpool and, and English teams. Um, famous ones actually, and um, they're a hard team to you know. They've still got good players. I think Pepe still plays there, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And boys like that, it's away, so it's a, it's a trip to Porto. And you no, know, Porto are the type of team just below the likes of Real Madrid's and your, you know, your, your Barcelona's and your PSG's. They're the type of team that always get a couple of good results, and they always end up in the last sixteen or last eight. Um, they knocked us out a couple of years ago, remember? Uh, famously. The year after we won it, was it? Um, so how do you see that one going? Obviously, we're not we're not Portuguese football experts, but um, it's for me, Danny. I'd take a point right now. Someone said a point away at Porto. I would start. I'd bite the ear off. But if we won, that puts us in, in heck of position, doesn't it? Yeah, do you know what? It's a difficult one because, yeah, as you said, if you if we win it, I I fully expect that. Uh, obviously, Atletico Madrid, Porto, they drew 0-0. Um, I think Atletico Madrid have got enough in them, the way they've started the season in the Spanish league, that they should turn over AC Milan. I think it'll be tight again, but I think I think they're going to have a good chance of getting points on the board there. So that'll put Atletico Madrid on four points. Technically, Liverpool, if we want to really put ourselves in a comfortable position to come up against Atletico Madrid, which is arguably the hardest team in the in in the tie in in the group, um, we've we've got to get three points on the board here against Porto. It's going to be a tough one. It's away from home, uh, intimidating ground, intimidating atmosphere. Um, but we've got to try and get something out of this game. If we get a point, I won't be gutted. Um, but I think if we get three, it puts us in a really really good position that we can take a draw against Atletico when we play them and still be in a really really healthy position. Um, so yeah, I I take a draw. But, but I think we need to be going for a win here, really. Well, it'll be interesting because the ideal scenario would be us winning and then AC Milan and um, after some of the drawn, that would be the, that put us on six points and everyone else on one or two. So that'd be just the perfect scenario. Um, team protection will be interesting. You know, we're playing Saturday evening. Mm. We've only really got him money to recover and boom, you back in. Um, and obviously, he made a lot of changes in the, against AC Milan. No, seriously, we never even mentioned the fact they dropped Van Dijk. That was a big thing, you know, dropping Van Dijk mm. in that game. Well, I say dropping them, resting them. Well, as James Miller said, now you know you've got to, you've got to look after your, your assets, haven't you? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team you play against Brentford. Do 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 you maybe start the Rigi against Brentford, thinking right, you keep your big guns for Porto, or do you just go for Brentford full guns that play ahead, and you see who to start against Porto, or do you just play full full strength on both games? It's just such a hard one to kind of. To know what team he's going to play, and it's so far away. Like we're sitting here recording this podcast on a Wednesday, um, it's next Tuesday, and a lot can happen in a week in football. And yeah, it depends what team you put up. But for, for me, don't get beat. Don't get beat, and then you're in a good position on it. And you, 
if you if you bring all the teams back to Anfield looking to beat them, you're doing all right. And ten points is you through. Mm. So um let's hope that the other let's just pray that no matter what happens in our game, the other game's a draw. <laughs> and then um yeah, if we get a win or a draw, we'll 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 look in good. So what would be your score prediction for that game, Danny? It's a hard one, as you said, it all comes down to the the lineup. I I think personally, I think Klopp trusts Anfield under the lights. So I think when we're playing away from home, he doesn't mind playing a different team because he knows that when we play them in the reverse fixture, then we've got a, a far better chance of winning. I think he trusts Anfield. So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna start the likes of Van Dyke and Matip against Brentford. And I think he's gonna start probably more Canate and Joe Gomez against um, Porto. So so be interesting be interesting to see what he does. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna sound very underly optimistic. I'm gonna say one all. I think my my head is telling me one all. My, my heart is saying that Liverpool need to win it. Um but yeah I'm gonna go one all. Right, so fair enough. I'll probably agree. I'll probably go one all that game as well. Um right, before we go, we'll we'll pick in a minute just so Danny can get his read bragging rights into the um, fantasy football. So um, I haven't checked it for a few days, Danny. So where are you sitting? Where am I sitting? And uh, how's it going? Who, who's our leader? So we're doing, like, I was going to say we're doing well. One of us is doing well, Emma. <laughs> One of us is a little bit off the mark at the minute. I'm currently sitting in 12th. Um, dropped down a little bit since last time we've done it. Um, I'm sitting in 12th position at the minute, and you are currently sitting in 27th. So there's a big, big drop down there in uh, in points. As you said, if you if you're not checking it, though, it's hard. Like um, I got the. I'm just I'm just going to put it out there because, as you said, in terms of bragging rights, I got the most points of anyone in our league on that previous weekend. So no one got more points than me in the previous weekend. So I'm happy with that. But I'm still sitting at 12th at the minute, which isn't good. <laughs> and who who was top? At the minute, we've got a guy John Irwin, uh, who's top of our um, chart at the minute. John's a Leeds fan, so you know he's got to be top of something because he's not doing very well anywhere else at the minute. Um, but yeah, John's, John's smashing our league at the minute. I promise to check my team and um, put in a good fight for this weekend. But yeah, um, in the meantime, it's been a great weekend. It's been great to discuss things. Um, watch this space for some very, very, very exciting news. Um, probably the biggest news since our podcast has been established as well very, very soon. Um, actual can't wait to announce it, but we'll uh, we'll keep our, our cards close to our chest just for now. But as I say, watch this space. But in the meantime, guys, it's been a privilege to, to um to chat to you today, Danny. Um, let's hope that this time next week we're sitting top of the Premier League and top of the uh, in the league, and hopefully everyone stays in the But thanks for listening. I'm out. and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.